Hello and welcome to Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in three, two, one. Hey, y'all. Happy Easter. Today, it's just us. Um, we're going to do a quick little episode today because we got stuff to do. Easter Bunny left us some candy we got to go catch. Yep. So, um,. Yeah, let's get down to the nitty gritty. All right. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite concerts we've been to and some of our least favorite concerts we've been to. All right. Um, Bibbs, what was the... F- no, you already talked about the first concert. Yeah, I talked about the first one in like, um, one of the early So episodes. what was the worst concert you've ever been to? The worst to? concert I've ever been to? Starting on a high note. I already got this one. Um, So this concert, it was a concert that was in... Easton, and the headliner was a band called Nonpoint, and I don't remember who, there's a few openers for them, but like the, the first band, I'm not even kidding you, the, they were the worst band I've ever seen in my life. And you just name called them. I, I don't know who they are though. Or name dropped, okay. I don't know, who, I don't know what the band's name. Why'd you go? For the, the headliner, Nonpoint. Oh, oh. I, I didn't know the openers, but oh. the, the very first opener of the night. Gotcha. They're some band from, like, New Jersey. They're, like, a, a local band, and, like, it's the worst local band I've ever heard in my life. So, the reason it was so bad was, uh, so they had, was it two guitar players, bass player, and a, um... And the drummer. The drummer was maybe 12 years old, and everybody else was, like, at least 20. So there's a huge gap in both age and skill level. And for whatever reason, they couldn't play the actual songs by themselves. So what they did was um, the drummer had a uh, laptop hooked up to the, like, the PA system, like the speakers, and he was playing the actual songs that they were playing over the speakers, and they were playing along with them. But the thing was, they didn't have, like, headphones on to actually listen to the music, so they were listening to the music as they were playing it through the same speakers that were facing away from them towards the crowd. Mm-hmm. So about every five to ten seconds, maybe, they would be completely, like, off from the actual song, and then the drummer would have to, like, fully stop and, like, listen to the song and then come back in. And it was like that for the whole show, and it got it got to the point where, um, uh, so that both both guitar players and the bass player had um, it's like a a cable, like guitar cable that's like a it's like a Bluetooth thing kind of, it's like a wireless cable so they could like walk around like the whole place. So I guess they kind of got sick of being seen with the drummer, so they walked out into the crowd and left him left the drummer there alone, and he kept on like messing up and stuff, playing along to this this track and not being able to hear it. And um, it was it was the worst show I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It was it was awful. Like they they played pretty easy songs too, and they they couldn't stay in time. Like was it a cover band? Yeah, it was it was a cover band. They're oh. they're covering like um, like a lot of like a few classic rock songs. There's like like a metal song here and there. I know, I know they played a, a Slipknot song. It was like they played like Psycho Social or something like that, and um. Yeah, like, they 
I don't understand why they couldn't have just played the songs by themselves. Because if, yeah. they, if they knew all the parts, they wouldn't need to play along to it. Yeah. Which, like, I, I don't know why they did that. It was the worst, I'm, hands down, the worst show I've seen and probably the worst show I will ever see. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. What about you? Um, I don't know if it was, it wasn't necessarily bad. Well. What band was it? I guess for me it was. I went to go see Jack Case, who is an artist that I love. Um, and I had seen him one time before, but he was uh, going on another tour. And he, he was touring with Tom the Mailman, which I guess Tom the Mailman is like a pretty famous um, artist who does like rap. But Jack Hayes does not do rap. He does like emo, sad boy music. And um, so I guess Tom the Moon he wasn't bad, but he just sang along to all of his songs. It was pretty much just like he played his Spotify playlist and then he sang along to them. Oh, really? But, yeah, but he was trying to like just hype up the crowd and the crowd was not feeling it because they were there for Jack Case, which is like sad boy music and oh. not there to hear like some weird rap stuff. Um, but he was like totally trying to interact with the audience and we were talking about this yesterday how like every rapper has like a hype man behind him yeah his hype man was on stage with him and it was so weird because he just like kept repeating everything this rapper was saying and then he kept going into the audience and like trying to do this weird like split the audience in half and half goes down and half stays up and then you switch and then you do this whole dance and all this stuff. But it was like a packed theater. So there was nowhere to move and the crowd was not feeling his music. So no one was doing what he was saying and it was very awkward. And um, yeah, but then uh, I posted it like a clip of Tom the Man on my story and everyone was like oh my gosh like you saw him and I was like I have no idea who this person is and yeah, I feel I like um not go see him again <laughs> I feel like for um specifically like not like just rappers but like people that are like artists that are up by themselves like solo artists or people that just go up and perform by themselves I feel like um they have to work more on their like showmanship because like if you're, if you're like a full band and you're focused on playing your instrument, you don't really have... Like, you could interact with the crowd, but you don't have to focus on that. Yeah. So if you could just, like, play your guitar well, it's, like... If you put on... That's, like, good, putting on a good show is playing your the songs well and, like, playing the instruments well. But if you're, like, a rapper, where, like, if you just stand there and rap over, like, your track playing in the background, like, that, that's so boring for the crowd. Yeah. Like, they have to work a lot more to uh, actually get the crowd going. So I feel like uh, a lot of rappers and just solo artists that go up by themselves have to do a lot more work to, like, get, really get the crowd going, and I feel like a lot of them struggle with that. That's true. Yeah, and it makes for a very awkward situation. I feel like rappers, like, if you know all of their songs and you know all their lyrics, like, you can get into it when you see them, but, like, if you don't know the songs, like, it's just so hard to get into. Yeah. So, no hate to Tom the Mailman, but his show was... Not good. Who's your favorite rapper? Um, either NF or Whit Lowry. Um, Why? Like what about because, him? Because like um, they well NF more than Whit Lowry, but like 
they don't just rap about like sex and drugs and fame and all this stuff um i guess for me their lyrics are more relatable and um their music is more about i don't know it just has like a more uh musical quality about it rather than just like i'm just gonna rap about like the same line over this beat over and over again oh is it the one that you showed me where it was like um like it was like more classical music sounding kind of yeah yeah it was like like piano or something like that and it does a whole bunch of different styles um like he he just dropped an album friday um and i listened to all of it and like none of his songs sound the same like his last song on the album is barely any rap in it it's pretty much just him singing oh really yeah um and um he has really good music to work out to uh but yeah do you like any rappers yeah i would say my taste in rap changes all the time like i would say like all-time favorite rappers probably just eminem just because like he's just skill wise a very good rapper um another um another one i like is nas i actually discovered nas through damian marley because you know my boy damian marley like was he my third cousin i think yeah uh-huh. i was getting into his music and then he did a collaboration album with nas and i was like wow nas is actually really good so i kind of got into nas that way and then um what's his name um, like, you know, my favorite all-time band is Linkin Park. Uh-huh. Do you know how there's two singers in Linkin Park? There's Chester Bennington, like, the lead singer, and he, like, does, like, the screaming stuff. And they have a rapper, Mike Shinoda. He's also one of my favorite rappers. Because he, he's very good when it comes to, um, having a very good, like, melodic flow. And also getting the exact, like, meaning across with his lyrics. Because, like, like... Eminem is good, but, like, he's good because he could rhyme anything with anything, and he's fast. But if you really dig into his lyrics, a lot of it is hard to understand because of the word choice he has. Mm -hmm. Like, Mike Shinoda, the word choice, like, the melodic flow with the word choice is perfect. Like, you understand the story perfectly with what he's saying. And same with Nas. Nas is, like, the same way. But, um, yeah, like, I'd say those those rappers um, are, like, my favorite. I'm not... I'm not huge on on rap because I'm more of like a rock, metal, indie, funk, jazz, Latin, reggae type of guy. <laughs> but um, also classical rap though. Like I do like rap, but like I, it's just like the genre that I haven't yeah. gotten into like the most. Yeah. I should also include some female rappers. I do like a lot of female rappers. Um, Queen Herbie. Um, Who's that? She's actually really good. Um, she has very much like um, uh, kind of like themed music. Um, In what way? Like what kind of theme? Like um, she released like a whole like Halloween album. Oh. Yeah. And all of her songs were very like. It was it like the Monster Mash was on there? Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh spooky scary skeletons. Yes. I do really like 
um, her as well. Um, some of her songs are like just a little cheesy, but there's a lot that are pretty good. How do you feel about um, like modern hip hop and modern rap and the classifications of what they are? Because to me personally, I think it's all just like rap. Like I hear Drake and like Drake is under like pop charts, but I just hear him as rap. Like Lizzo is just rap. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't understand all, all those like, uh, like more like hip hop rap, like subgenres. Well, there's like R&B, which is like Drake would be considered R&B. See, like uh, R&B to me is like older stuff, like, uh. Things like kind of like Aretha Franklin, like that type of stuff. Michael Jackson would be R and B. Stevie Wonder would be in there. Really? Yeah. That is not what I would consider R and B. Well, I mean, like I'm thinking of like classic R and B, not not like new R and B. Uh huh. Well, R and B nowadays. Louis Armstrong. That's like classic, classic (laughs) R and B. That's like nineteen like tens, nineteen twenties R and B. Other... It's also like very jazzy too. Yeah. It's different, different, way different influences. Yeah. Like now R and B has changed a lot since like the sixties, seventies, eighties. Where like that's like the R and B that I like. So it, it sounds a lot different than normal R and B now. I separate like rap. Would you like so rap and R and B are under the category of hip hop? Would you say? No. Hip hop's its own category. I would say. I would say because hip hop. I feel like um. I feel like hip hop is kind of similar to rap, except it's less about just like the the rapping and more about like the music altogether. Like hip hop, right. it's more about like the the groove and the beat, the bass line. Mm-hmm. Like like can you dance to it? I feel like that's like one of the main things with hip hop is can you dance to it? Is it like a danceable song? Because if like like. If you're listening to like I don't know, "Rap God" by Eminem, that's not a danceable song. But then you I can't feel really like, dance to that song. But I then if like, you if you if you throw on like um like a, any any Stevie Wonder song, you could dance to that. Like you could classify Stevie Wonder as hip hop. Then I feel hip-hop. like a lot of R and B music like a, is hip hop. It could be classified as like early hip hop before it really be, became classified as hip hop. Like Michael Jackson has influences. On the hip hop no, world, Michael Jackson is pop. I want to yes, say Michael he, Jackson is hip hop. For all, all the all like the drummers that he uses and stuff are like hip hop drummers. They're like famous hip hop drummers, funk drummers. Like they're all known in that world. Like Michael Jackson, like he didn't start out being like, okay, I'm I'm in a hip hop group. Like he was known as like the king of pop. Yeah. But he definitely had heavy, heavy influence on what then became modern hip hop. Uh, more on the musical side than like the the right. singing side. The sing the singing side is more more pop. Like if yeah. you if you take away all the vocals from Michael Jackson songs, and you put a, a rap over it, it's just hip hop. Because like if the musical side of it, like the all the people he had played bass, like the drummers, they're all like famous like funk like hip hop like R and B like musicians. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like yeah, I guess. I actually met uh, one one of his drummers at one point. I think, I think on a few of his albums, uh, Bernard Purdy, Pretty Purdy is his nickname. Mm-hmm. I actually I met him at a drum show, and he's actually um, one of the most famous drummers like in the world. Wow. But he's not very credited because he's like old old school. Mm-hmm. He's like 
mid '80s or something. Yeah, he uh, he played for that drummer played for Michael Jackson, and um, he, he wasn't Michael Jackson's like all time drummer, but he played for like albums and stuff like that. He played for like Aretha Franklin. Oh, man, too many people to name. But um, yeah, he has like a I think he has a Guinness Book of World Records like record. He's the most recorded drummer in history. Wow. So yeah, I got to meet him. And um, we I actually watched him like jam a little bit on a on a drum kit, and he took that drum kit home that day. I think he got it for free. He probably has so many drum kits. Yeah, yeah. I w- I would love to have just like fifty drum kits. <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, at the show that I saw him at, I talked about that for a little bit. So at the sh- at the little like drum, it was a drum clinic. So it's like some people like play, demonstrate certain things, like uh. At clinics, you drop your phone. <laughs> so, um, at some at some clinics, uh, like there's like usually famous drummers that are not even famous, just like professional drummers that will play and demonstrate things that they're like good at or like that they do. Like sometimes it's just like like a, an artist will just play their songs and demonstrate like, oh, like I use these techniques in playing my songs or do this to play my style, and then um. A lot of times, like, smaller, like, local companies and stuff will actually, like, kind of, like, uh, endorse the event and bring all their stuff in and, then, like, show it off. And, like, sometimes they, they uh, sell them and stuff. And I got a few things from from that, that uh, drum clinic. But, uh, yeah, so at that specific drum clinic, yeah, it was Bernard Purdy that was playing there. And then... Let's see, who else was there? It was my old drum teacher, uh, Kevin Safara. I think I mentioned him in my first, in the first uh, episode. Um, he did like a drum clinic there. And then I don't remember the last person. It might have been like, like Jojo Mayer or like somebody like that. Jojo, Jojo Mayer is like, he's like a, a jazz drummer, but he's like, very experimental. It's like if you listen to his music, it's a lot like like techno jazz almost. It's very interesting, but he's a very very famous drummer. Um, but I, I think it was him, but I could be wrong. But yeah, I got a I got a few symbols there, and um, I think I'm that actually the one who uh, started uh, COVID <laughs> because um, I bought a symbol that was covered in like mold and fungus and stuff like that, and it was from Wuhan, where like the virus i guess it was supposed to have started and um i brought it home and then like a year later uh oh covid happened but i i, wa- I washed off all like the fungus and mold stuff i, I sprayed it with like a symbol cleaner and that like kind of like dissolved all That's of it good so and it, it was a really good deal like it's a really nice symbol but it's um i, I bought it for 15 dollars, and it's like a hundred hundred twelve hundred twenty dollar symbol and uh, yeah, when I it was only that cheap because it was covered in like mold and stuff, but like I used the symbol cleaner and it cleaned it off. It's all shiny now, and it literally sounds like it's just brand new. Nice. So it's very very good deal on that. But um, anyway, yeah, that Wuhan symbols they make mostly gongs. If I can get an endorsement, um, have you gone to anything like interesting like that? Any kind of like interesting events or like met anybody from like bands that you really like or anything like that? Um, 
when it comes to bands, I don't think I've really met any, um, any like artists in person, but I have met a lot of musical directors when it comes to like on stage production, like in musicals and stuff. Um, and like vocal coaches and all of that, um, in California when I was, um, a part of Studio 81, which is a musical theater company, we would go to the Linnea Festival, which is a regional, um, musical theater festival that happens once a year, and each, um, company will bring certain pieces there, and there's also, like, different workshops where a few, um, people will prepare songs and stuff like that and then a like very well known um in the industry vocal coach will pretty much critique you in the spot and it's very nerve-wracking you're in this room full of probably like a hundred people and you're just in front of everyone you sing your song and then you pretty much uh have it nitpicked and you have to perform over and over and over again with this vocal coach it's like a public um like vocal lesson but yeah I've met a lot of well-known uh names in the musical theater world um like like who like can you name drop no I can't I can't can't name drop no none of them that I know the names of but yeah and then um I've been to um, musical theater performances um, around Pittsburgh when my brother was in a bunch of them, and his directors were, like, very well-known, and so because he was in the show, I'd meet the directors and all of that, so I met those types of famous people, but not really um, artists themselves. All right, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, sorry for this... Sorry for this weird, weird one today. Um, we got to wrap it up because we have a Easter party to attend and, and set up. And eggs to catch. Yeah, eggs to You hunt them. You don't catch them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Next week we have some fun guests coming on. Yeah, I think so ne- next week in. we have, uh, what was it, Chris Tellerico yeah. is coming on next week. So stay updated for that one. And uh, we'll see you. Peace out.